you can't hang on to your business by ignoring technology. Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. In every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto. Whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back, you'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. Today I have an amazing guest, an amazing friend here, Adam Bushbacher, who does so much stuff. I mean, he, he and I are really kindred spirits in that way as we go after 80,000 things in a single day. What do you do? What's your expertise? Well, it's interesting. You know, I was, uh, I was in technology before there was technology. And I, by saying that, I got into the communications business in 1989. And I went into the communications business to disrupt Ma Bell and Ameritech and AT&T. Fantastic. So, and I built a company out of the trunk of my Honda Prelude. <laughs> and uh, basically, I was taking smart technology to replace uh, Ameritech's payphones. We were using smart oh, wow. smart technology. Wait, did, I mean, we- Did you we, say payphone? Yeah, payphones. I had, I had 3,000 payphones in Detroit. Wow. <laughs> so- and they were they were smart. It was smart technology. In other words, uh, Ameritech had uh, dumb phones. Basically, you drop the coins in, and the operator in their central uh, their central communications office would process the call and send the call along. We had a smart board in our phones. Again, it's technology. Yeah, it's, it started yeah. way back when. We had a smart board that would control all the operator services. So we we were eliminating. Jobs, <laughs> way back when operators were going by the the wayside, and then we got into. I bought my own op, my own uh, operator processing systems where we were processing credit card calls uh, with uh, automatic processors. So whenever you heard the the old bong, I don't know if you remember that on oh, payphones. Yeah. Yep. Well, when you hear the bong, my automated operator would come on, and again, it was a form of disruption, and it would process the call without using a live person. So, and then we got into prepaid calling cards, which, you know, is, is, a, is another form of technology. We got into ATM machines. Um, we got into um, long distance reselling. So we were reselling um, other companies' traffic and making maybe a half yeah. a cent per minute. So, again, the company went gangbusters and uh, I sold it for a hefty, hefty price uh, three years later. And then from there, I went into uh, entertainment, uh, producing uh, headline entertainment and actually building the venues that the entertainment took place in. I got into fine dining, the restaurant business, coffee shops, furniture business. I'm a, I'm a furniture builder. I'm a, a commercial developer. Um, and up until 2008, I did all of that. And then I shifted gears again and got deeper into technology rather than the brick and mortar because I studied the markets pretty well and I... I wanted to leave that market because the margins uh, 
became too slim to yeah it's going away yep. life's too short yeah. so what you want to do is you want to you want to you know you kind of use your time to make the highest impact and so i went into technology and uh branding and the marketing was all was part of my life you know way back to the late 80s when i was marketing my own companies so um and with the entertainment and everything else that i did and all of the retail uh restaurant i was we were in marketing heavy there um and then uh basically um we once we got out of the brick and mortar um went straight on into uh bitcoin technology personal branding and that's where we're at today. It's almost a culmination, a combination of everything that you've done. Yeah, I mean it's an evolution. Yeah. Um and I've I've not I've I I stayed in the brick and mortar longer than I should have because I actually got caught up in the 2008 chaos. Uh but there's a reason I did. I wouldn't have learned the lesson. Well, sure. <laughs> and I would have just I would have just not paid attention. A lot of people say I don't even know what's going on in the world. Well, when you're in the middle of the the mess. Oh, you know. You learn. Yes. What's going on in the world? <laughs> so anyway, it's it's everything happens for a reason, you know. Um, no no snowflake falls where it falls by accident. There's so much we could talk about. Where do we start? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, world we're living in right now. Everything's everything's moving around, shifting sand under our feet. So uh, you got to stay creative. Creative is it? Oh my gosh, outside the box. You know, everyone says outside the box. My 11 year old son the other day, I was talking to him about being creative, and he's like, "I like to blow up the box." <laughs> yeah, like that's coming from an 11 year old's mouth. You know? Well, yeah, he's he's obviously yeah. been watching your podcast. That's so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, listening to it. Exactly. I, I love it. I love it. You know, I, I love. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of technology. You know, I see it as a as a tool. Not not necessarily something to get geeked up about, although, you know, my new 85-inch Sony LED 4K TV that just arrived. Everybody's got to have one. I know, exactly, exactly. And why go smaller? You know, I had I had an 80-inch, but then I had just like, you know, I've got to go a little bit bigger. Let's, well, then, then you, don't, you don't need lights in the house anymore because yes. it takes care of it. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know you love technology, too. And, you know, there's this, um, I, I know you're very, very knowledgeable on Bitcoin. And there's a lot of, I think, misconceptions and myths out there about it, you know, because I, I follow it. You know, I'm nowhere near as knowledgeable as you are. I'm knowledgeable in technology. But Bitcoin is something that I really see as kind of what the future is going to be. And can you expand on that? Because I think, let's start with where did it all begin? Well, you know, I'll start with technology in general. I mean, every everything has pushed back right now because we're kind of, it's a, it's, it's out with the old and with the new, um, whether it be, you know, your, your trip to the shopping mall versus Amazon, um, how you're going to transact uh, the things that you buy, how you pay bills. Uh, that's where Bitcoin and money are, are butting heads. Yeah. Um, the, the the banks and how they want to do business with their uh, their unique uh, bookkeeping uh, versus the blockchain. There's push. You know they're butting heads there. Um, so anything that you hear negative about any new technology, it's because either the old the oligarchs of of the old are um, not educating themselves or they're desperately trying to hang on to what they have. And they know if, if it's disrupted, that they're gonna have to um, rethink things. And some of them are old, and they don't have time to they're rethink really old. things. So, so you're gonna get a lot of pushback. And, and you mentioned Bitcoin. Bitcoin's one of those things where when, 
whenever you put something in the hands of the people, whether it be power, you know, the, the, the politicians kind of took care of that by creating the Republican and the Democratic Party, divide and conquer. So they, they kind of covered that. Um, when you put money in the hands of the people, such as gold, well, the government fixed that uh, in the early 1900s by confiscating gold. Well, you can't do that with Bitcoin. <laughs> so my point is, is that they're they're desperate to maintain the dollar and control the government while destroying it at the same time with printing money, QE, low interest rates, um, and keeping it out of the hands of the people because the government can control the dollar, can control the value of the dollar. They can't do that with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin was created um, back in 2000 is when it really was created. It's that old. Yeah, but wow. it wasn't. there wasn't really a need for it until 2008 when everyone saw the manipulation yeah. that took place with the housing bubble and so on. So a uh, white paper was created and released by Satoshi Nakamoto, 2008. Uh, Bitcoin started trickling into the mainstream. Uh, people like Max Kaiser and Stephen Molyneux and Peter Schiff, you know, um, people for it and against it were all coming out of the woodwork. Um, <clears throat> and uh, basically it started gaining momentum uh, because people didn't trust the money system. Huge momentum. Yeah. And they didn't want to carry the gold around. Again, gold was is heavy. The government still controls it. You can't take it over borders. They'll confiscate it. Um, you can't, uh, um, really, you can't store it in banks. They don't really don't want you to leave it in safe deposit boxes because they want to account for it. Um, Bitcoin, you can't do that. So everyone kind of was either ignoring it or, or uh, talking it down. Yeah, I know why, from my perspective, it gets a bad rap. You know, I see it all the time in, in the technology and cybersecurity realm because everybody with ransomware, all these ransomware things that go around where they take over systems, encrypt the files so that businesses or home computers, they can't even access their own stuff anymore. And they, they get this nice message that flashes up on the screen that says, hey, I locked all your stuff up. I have the key. If you want to get access to all of your data again, keep your business running, you need to pay me X amount of Bitcoin. And that's the only way that they accept these transactions. You know, so Bitcoin, I know, has been associated with a lot of negativity because of these, that this is the only form of trade or commerce between hackers. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not been associated with as much negative activity as the, the dollar has. True, yeah. I mean, you have banks like HSBC laundering drug money in the tens of millions of dollars. They get caught, Yeah. and they're basically fine. No one goes to jail. No, I mean, uh, you or I would go to jail. But because these big banks are so powerful, oh, they can't fall. They get a yeah. they get a hand slap, and, and likely the money that they were fined, they probably uh, received from uh, the, the the money was probably paid back from a bailout that they got at one point yes. or another, <laughs> or at least the money they earned on the bailout. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it really, there's no penalty. Yeah, um, you, you don't hear about this stuff in the news, though. Well, you don't, and you know, Bitcoin. Here's the deal with Bitcoin. Um, Every Bitcoin has a, a series of numbers. The, the series of numbers is trackable. At some point, that was purchased with dollars from a bank account that was sent to an exchange. And to buy that Bitcoin, you have to enter your name. 
and your address. And that number, number series of numbers is, is forever attached to you. If that number leaves you, it goes to someone else through an exchange. Yep. So my point is, is they say it's not trackable, but it's way more trackable than a dollar. Than a dollar, than yeah. cash. Yeah, in gold or any other means of exchange, you know. So, you know, mostly the people that talk against Bitcoin either are trying, again, trying to protect their interests or they didn't get in on it early and they're pissed. <laughs> you know, I, I know guys that talk so terrible about Bitcoin because they say that, you know, the people that, that got rich off Bitcoin didn't work for their money. I mean, that's a, that's a ridiculous statement. Wow. Wow. You know, I mean, it, it took the guts to... Even if Bitcoin was a dime, it's a dime that you didn't spend. Yeah, exactly. So you, so you can't really, you know, complain about it. They're just pissed because they weren't smart enough to jump on it. Because they didn't, they, they, and the, you, you said the magic words. They weren't smart enough. Yeah. Because they do things the old way. And that model is, is falling apart. I mean, why shouldn't a dollar that was created in the 1600s evolve just like shopping has evolved? Oh, right on, right on. The, uh, Bitcoin is there's this other terminology called blockchain, and I know you know a lot about yeah. a lot about that too. It, the point that you were making about it being completely trackable, completely traceable, this is something that you do see in the news. Is like, oh, you can't hunt down who it belongs to, you know, and it boggles my mind why that would be the case. And it, really, I think it's more media does not even understand it themselves. You know, we understand it. We're, we're in this industry. We know what we're looking at. But when it comes to how Bitcoin is secured and all the blockchain technology that's behind it, you know, almost nobody at this point, from what I can see, at least in the masses, sees that this is really the future. So if you're looking at things like HIPAA compliance, you know, for medical records and all that, the ways to send a medical, let's say your doctor needs to get your medical records to a specialist. So that the specialist can perform a surgery or do whatever they need to do with you. And all of your medical history needs to go over to them. Blockchain is really the way of the future in order to make sure that nobody can snag that out of thin air in that transmission. Right. That they can, it's, a, you know, there's a public and private key. You know, we're getting a little technical, but it, it's the best form of encryption that exists nowadays, in my opinion. You know, do you share that? Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't change it. I mean, once, once the information's entered it's into set. the block, um, it, it, it's loaded onto, you know, 100,000 computers around the country, and you'd have to get to every one of those computers and alter that document in order to erase the transaction. So this is why banks don't like the blockchain. They talk positive about it because they want to appear to be honest about, yeah. the, about their bookkeeping. But every single move that they make would be on the blockchain, fully encrypted, and they'd be accountable to that. So, Imagine if this replaced the wire transfer system that exists right now. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, and, and Bitcoin, let's talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin, um, you can transfer a million dollars over a network in seconds with Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, but with Western Union, it would, it would cost you 25000 and it would take maybe two weeks. And you'd have a third party, everyone getting their hand in your money, getting their piece. Um, and, and again, you can't, you can't hang on to your business by ignoring technology. That's exactly it. You know, and I have a large technology firm. And I tell my team all the time, it's like, listen, the way our business exists right now, if we kept doing the same thing, that what we're doing now is going to be a commodity five years from now. 
So if we don't start looking at the next thing that exists immediately that nobody's really jumping on right now, we're going to be dead in the water yeah. in five years because it's just changing that fast. Yeah. And and here's the thing. like I know you're in the cybersecurity business. Yeah. And you know if, if you look at it, everyone looks at things like that as, I'm not going to say everyone, the people that are, are doing things they shouldn't be doing look at this as a threat or they have to change you know, the way they think and, and their ethical standards. Um, in my opinion, the way I look at it, what you do gives everyone an opportunity to become better. In other words, become a better person, become more efficient, do the right thing, earn your money, yes, <laughs> protect the company you work for. Maybe they don't understand how to do that. But what I know about what you do, you, you almost provide training for people through discovery. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. You know, we, we talked earlier, you know, there, there may be um, a way a manager can approach the employee differently um, to help them understand the seriousness of their position and, and how, why they should protect the company, you know, by protecting, they, they'd essentially be protecting their, their own future and their family's future. So what you do is, is uh, far reaching. Absolutely. You're right. And I, I can't wait to see, I mean, talking about blockchain and integrating that in what we do, because that's really the next level and the next step to where there's that type of unique fingerprint on almost everything. So you can trace, like you said, that blockchain or Bitcoin, everything is completely traceable right. back to that individual. Right. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And it again, almost, so, so all this you hear about, it's 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 underground, non-traceable. That's, that's totally false. For sure. So when you're talking about data, you know, the, uh, I think I've told you the story where there was a salesperson at one of my clients that downloaded the entire book of business that he was responsible for worth $25 million annually every year in revenue. And he took it to their largest competitor to try to leverage it for a higher paying position there. If those things had been encrypted with some kind of blockchain tech, this would have never happened. Right. Either that or it would have been stopped somewhere across the path to where there would have been red flags that would have went up even earlier. Right. This kind of tech doesn't exist yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy to invent it. I'm the guy to use the tools and then put the human aspect of investigations to it, you know, for all these insider threats or bio threats, <laughs> as, I call, as I call them. But you made another good point, too, because you talked about how I train, you know, even employees. I, I train those employees so that they might understand what the best decisions might be for their role in that company. But at the same time, it's almost as if the public, the public at large or the media needs training on Bitcoin and blockchain so that they're educated so they stop spreading all the, this falsities that exist. You know, nobody should be scared of this, in my opinion. No. Nobody- and, and, you know, that's the beauty of technology is I think that um, because human nature um, is stretched you know, our minds are stretched to the limit. If you're in a company and you're a manager, for instance, how much, how many times can you tell someone? Um, some people just don't get it. So with technology, um, you can actually give someone the opportunity to, um, to learn rather than telling yeah. them something. Yeah. You know, for instance, with, with, with this light speed technology, you can actually, it's an interactive platform where an employee can sit and talk with a virtual assistant um, and answer questions. And at the end, there's an accountability report. And you basically, at the, at the end, you know what's been absorbed. With a manager. I oh, mean, I love that. Yeah, a manager yeah. telling someone, you know, what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 whatever. Dude, I'm, I'm going to lunch. 
You know, so the technology changes everything, and that's where Bitcoin it will change everything. It will it will change um, the way people live their lives. I mean, Amazon's right for it because right now you're using a credit card; it's digital. Yeah. Bitcoin. The only th difference is with Bitcoin, you don't have to pay a credit card yeah. for your interest <laughs> rates if you don't make your payment. So why not benefit the people that are actually earning the money? That's beautiful. That's you know? beautiful. I, I love the training aspect because education is always the best place to start yeah, it's, with, it's, with anything. It's, it's key. And, they, and again, education uh, has been, um, in my opinion, uh, the teaching has been a one-way street. Oh, yeah. But with, with you know virtual training on technology, um, it's interactive. So it's no longer just grade the paper. You know, it's, it's as you go. Yeah. Accountability as you go. That's beautiful. You can get reports. I mean, I do this right now in a form of this in cybersecurity, but it has to do with phishing. You know, and phishing is where someone will send a fake email and say, hey, they might look like Microsoft or they might look like Google when they send this email you know, for their Gmail account and say, you know what? We detected some irregular activity on your account. Click this link to go and reset your password. You click the link, it goes to, it opens your browser, Google comes up. And it asks you to enter your current email address, your current gmail.com address, and your current password in order to change your password. But what individuals don't realize is this is a fake site. This phishing email was sent from somebody else, typically overseas, mm -hmm. and sends it out and makes everything look so legit that even the non-gullible people could click on this link and it'll take them to, you know, instead of google.com it'll take them to google g-o-o-o-g-l-e.com right and they'll have to enter their user because everything looks familiar it's just a, a facade it's a fake but now that hacker has collected millions of gmail accounts and their passwords which means that you know you go to your bank account right and you say oh i forgot my password on my bank account but you have that same gmail address on your bank account now those hackers have easy access to your bank account to your funds where they can enter in your Gmail address. They know your password now, which is probably the same <laughs> yeah. uh, for your Gmail as it is for your bank. Now they suck out all your funds. Bitcoin, this doesn't happen. Right. It's fantastic. And I, I have virtual trainings right now that I provide to corporations for these phishing emails so everyone can learn, on, learn what not to click on. Because it is the responsibility of the, each individual employee and the responsibility of the managers, the owners, to make sure that their people are up to speed because it's a risk with them. But with Bitcoin, I could see a lot of those issues just going away. Right. Yeah, and it will. I mean, it's going to change things. I mean, it's anyone that's resisting technology is because either they're not looking into it um, or, they're, um, or they're hiding something. Because you know, technology across the board makes you accountable. I mean, I'll go back to Amazon, for instance. You know, customer service taken to a whole new level. Why? Because of technology. Yes. I mean, no one's offered customer service like Amazon does, the way it should be. Exactly. The customer buys yeah. something, they get it delivered to their home. If they don't like it, they send it back, no questions asked. No clerk trying to talk you out of it. No clerk, you know, in a bad mood because maybe they got to give their, their spiff or their commission back. I mean, technology is creating an environment of respect you know it's in transparency i mean i i think that uh i love that yeah that's it, how it should be it should be it should, you know it should have been that way 
in brick and mortar and it should have been that way um in a shopping experience and maybe it wouldn't have suffered the way it has maybe For sure. maybe it would it would stand a chance but now it doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't stand a chance no it doesn't and, and so many of that's changing now well so I, I was in I was in the brick and mortar business for a long time I, I was in every aspect I was in the restaurant business yeah. the retail the furniture business the entertainment business um, and all of those things um, you know sort of the entertainment business I mean the entertainers now are being replaced with holograms yeah. <laughs> so the uh, you know the, the restaurants are being replaced with home delivery. The uh, the furniture store, same thing. Um, I mean, even Starbucks has seen the necessity to home deliver coffee because of the brick and mortar model is fading. People want pure convenience. Yeah. The one thing technology has done is occupied people's uh, free time. There's no more. There's not as much socializing going on, so they basically don't have time. To do, you can't do both. They can't go out and drive around in your car and use technology at the same time only because technology takes, it's a change of lifestyle. It is, it is. It's an interesting concept because you're saying brick and mortar is fading. Yeah. At the same time, you see, you mentioned Amazon and they are popping up these Amazon Prime brick and mortar stores well they're doing that to, to basically to get the customer basis they're not if, if jeff bezos had a choice he'd say let me just have the customers yeah but yeah. that's not you can't because companies can't just do that they can't just turn over their their best asset and so well, you gotta you, you don't have to pay the bills exactly i think it's a brilliant move that well they're popping it is up. yeah yeah it's going to where the consumers are the ones that yeah. they're not that amazon is not necessarily reaching right now Right, they get a little taste of what Amazon can do for them. I mean, oh my gosh, Amazon Prime now and Whole Foods delivery changed my life. <laughs> well, you know, we, <laughs> we yeah, we all know someone that yeah. says I would never buy from Amazon. Well, guess what? You shop at Whole Foods. You got it. So now you're buying from Amazon. You got it. So it's smart what he's doing. He's 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 basically by doing um, acquisitions like that, he's opening people's minds. So it's again, once again, it's technology teaching people to open their minds. Yeah, it's getting great products too into people's hands when they might not have had those before. That's right. Is that it? A Whole Foods, I love the store. You know, I, I got to meet uh, John Mackey last year, the CEO yeah. of Whole Foods, and yeah. he's an amazing down-to-earth dude. And hearing the, the foundations of how that company was built yep. and how in Texas a major hurricane came through and nobody knows these stories. Right. You know? And he tells them on how he <clears throat> this hurricane came through and because so many people in the community believed in Whole Foods... That there were just people who didn't even work there. They were coming to clean up the, this ravaged store who had only that had only been open what two months or something like that. I don't yeah. remember the, all the details, but they loved the store that much that even though they weren't getting paid, they were volunteering to work or, or to volunteer at a for-profit business <laughs> to help get them back on their feet because they believed in the mission so much, you know. And that mission still has not changed across the board ever since there was just that one single store in Texas right. that existed. And now there, there's hundreds across the U.S. and now they're a division of Amazon. And that was the hearing him talk about that marriage and how that came into into being was just amazing because he really held out mm-hmm. too, you know, and everyone says, I don't want to buy from Amazon, but that spoke volumes to me too. Seeing this guy meeting John Mackey in person, hearing him tell the story about how he was really the one that was pulling away from Amazon until he actually went there and got to know their culture, know their core, right. know what they were what they were about, and then that's when he said, "Okay, this is a good fit." Well, and he's preserved it, and 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 everyone's got to realize too that if Jeff Bezos would not have stepped in, 
Whole Foods might not be around. That's very true. Because their debt was through the roof. Yeah. Their stock was plunging. And so what, what it really did is it, um, it introduced um, a whole new level of customer to the, the luxury grocery experience. Um, prices were adjusted so they could afford it. It's I haven't heard whole paycheck in a long time. Oh, I know. Since Amazon yeah. took over, um, you know the the, the for, at first the Whole Foods customer said, "Oh, it's going to destroy the model." It didn't. Again, it's people not accepting change. Nothing's going to be done to make people's lives worse. That's not a good business model. No, exactly. People have to accept the fact that whatever happens is going to make your life more convenient yeah. and better, and you know let let it happen. You got it. You know, and there's this movement now too of I'm ditching my Amazon Prime membership, you know, and it's all based on someone's moral code, you know, but it's to me and I'm just, this is just the straight truth. This is how I feel about that is that there might've been one or two people that actually had some solid foundation and what they were thinking in that. But then there's just this whole flock of people behind them. Like, oh, that sounds like a good deal. You know, I'm going to go along with this because it just sounds okay to me you know i don't want to i don't want to have my amazon prime membership anymore because jeff bezos is the devil you know but they don't actually understand who he is well they, they don't know yeah who. well they've said that about jeff they said it about the waltons everybody yes. said it. and i'm not yeah. talking about the ones on the mountain i'm talking about the walmart so i mean they've said that about everyone that's successful that's typically what certain yeah. sectors of I society get that. do yeah. i'm sure you get that too yeah and it's you know it's, it's unwarranted because you know we're we're no different than them. We just we just have a, a burning desire to create solutions. And if you get paid for those solutions, well, you've you've helped somebody along the way, or you, you wouldn't it. get paid. You, you got know? it. You know, I always say, you know, serve first, and the money will always follow. Well, yeah, it cre- always cre- does. Create a solution. I mean, yeah. if you go out and you're not you're not impacting, you're not you know, I mean, you're not you're not going to be successful. So, um, I uh, wh- anyone that we would begrudge someone for getting paid for a solution hasn't created a solution. Yes, <laughs> they they're creating, but they are creating a problem, and that's by trying to convince other people that this is not the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're standing still in life, you're in the way. So, look out. I see like, that with a lot of startups nowadays. It's a, it's almost they're not creating solutions; they're creating problems. You know, they, they think these things through and try to figure out, okay, what's something new that some people could be bothered by? You yeah. know, it doesn't exist right now, but you know what? I'm right. going to make this up. Yeah. I'm going to gain a lot of seed funding for it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing. The entire business is based upon getting VC funds, venture capitalist funds. Well, yeah, and we Just, know what that's about. That's, exactly. That's basically venture capitalists taking um, people's uh, savings um, it, it, VC can't get a commission unless he invests. Yeah. So yeah. they do invest in some ridiculous things and say, "Oh, sorry, we thought it was going to work." Yeah. Uh, they get they get they're like a bookie. They get paid either way. Yep, you got it. Um, but in the meantime, the the in, the uh, the person that invested the money is, uh, you know, bagging groceries at the old Walmart. You know. Yeah. And, and it, so there there's something to be said for that. That's just the that's just the American. You know the greed creeping in, and it's it's. I don't think oh, we'll, we'll ever lose that. That's the, the business of startups is just that now. It's a yeah. business in itself. It's not necessarily a startup, but it's a hey, I've got the ability to create something. Yeah, I have a skill set to raise money, so I can get people to buy into this. Who cares if it has a ninety nine percent chance of failure? <laughs> yeah, well, and again, I don't think that if if the, if the VCs told their money people that, um, you know, maybe. Maybe they wouldn't invest the money, and you know, subsidies is a whole other issue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the government give, giving taxpayer money up for, 
you know, things like Solyndra, Obama and Solyndra. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, that company lasted nine months after it got, I think, $25 million. That's wonderful. No, I'm sorry, $100 million. And, and, and then there's, uh, you know, George Bush had his share of investments. Um, so, I, I, you know, his, his share of subsidies, I should say. Um, well, that's almost just like another form of VC. You know, well, it, it's government yeah. venture capital, so, exactly. But it's but it comes from the taxpayer that yeah. you know that money maybe should have gone towards roads or should have gone towards sure. you know schooling or something. You know, is it Russell Russell Brunson that says that taking VC money is cheating? Yeah, and yeah. It, and, and here's my opinion: is is if you've got a a business concept and you need to borrow money for it, it's a bad concept. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know why in the world. Um, Anyone would give, I personally, I wouldn't, would give money to someone with an idea. And there's nothing, there's not an, an immediate nothing. return. Yeah, nothing to show for it yet. Yeah. I mean, so you get, you know, the Facebooks of the world, for instance. Um, the, the money that has been invested in Facebook based on data. Yeah. It, at some point, you know, they, they did create the ad model, which creates a lot of revenue for the company. So at some point, every, and that was in the, that was in the plan. Oh yeah. You know the 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 uh, user didn't know that, but the investor did. Now I think any startup should have that model in place. Where is the revenue going to come from? And a lot of them just don't have an answer. No, none of them. Almost none of them do. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So there should be. Uh, and again, um, everyone says, well, you know, they use the comparison. Well, look what Facebook did. Well, they had a they had a business model, a sound business model. Yeah, they did. You know, charge for reach. Yeah. Get people addicted. Don't charge them for reach in the beginning, and then slowly throttle them down, and say so you can, now you have to pay to reach those people. Yeah, got to pay to reach your friends. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. So it's it's a, it's an interesting game. It's 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 uh, it's a, it's a great ad model. I mean, it, it works. So there you go. People still invest in it. The stock's doing okay. And you know, if, if Zuckerberg would quit. You know, changing the algorithm. I mean, he'd have a lot less grief, and Facebook would get a lot less, you know, blowback. But um, it's uh, it's it's still one of the most successful ways to advertise in the country right now. Oh, in the sure world. it is. Yeah. yeah, and you've got a good amount of experience in that too. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right and, now, and, it, and that's the thing. I mean, today, and that's another thing too, is you've got the old thinkers that don't think branding's important. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe branding isn't important if you have a company you can't afford a TV commercial in 1970. You know, then you you might have a case there because you don't have a million dollars to run an ad on sure, TV. Sure, sure. But now there's no excuse other than the fact you're just old school and you're not accept you're not stepping into the future. Yeah, exactly. You know, what was it? You, you just started with. Or- we just started working together a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and you were showing me just this morning about a tweet of mine that went viral. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I looked at the interactions and something insane, like 53,000 interactions on the stats that was there. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've had, I mean, your, your views are, are through the roof. And here's the, here's the deal with that is so you, you have a business and you say you go to a speaking engagement, you, you're on a stage in front of a bunch of people. And then you, you engage a lot of people, they get interested in what you're saying, and then you leave that stage, and you may not see those people again ever. Yeah. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to your social media, and they're going to say, oh, there he is. And they're going to they're relate your social media to maybe the 1,000 people that were in the room. And if you have nothing going on there, 
those thousand people didn't buy into what you were selling. Oh, right on. And to your point too, when you when you say they're going to my social media, they are not going to my company's no social you media, me yeah, your Rick company Jordan. was yeah your yes. company wasn't on the stage you were on the you stage. got it. So everyone, that's another thing too is people don't people talk to people they don't talk to companies yeah and they follow people they don't follow companies. Um, th- there was a time in the in the ad days of of Ogilvy and Mather and uh, Leo Burnett where. You know, after Leave at the Beaver, you you'd watch a commercial and you follow, you know, Johnson and Johnson. Yep, yep. You know, you'd follow them through commercials. You know, there was no social media, obviously, but you, then you go buy their products. Um, that doesn't happen today. It's not the, people think all companies are, you know, selling them something. Oh no, it's a total shift. But now they follow people now because people you can have a conversation about something, and then if you like that person then you want, and they have integrity, then you might want what they, they offer. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've mentioned him before, but John Legear, John Leager, the CEO of T-Mobile, he has really taken this concept well. Because you don't see the CEOs of AT&T or Verizon Wireless blasting everything on social media. Yeah, This guy is even known as the slow cooker guy you know, and does slow cooker Sundays. Yeah. Every single week, and he, he Facebook Lives or Instagram Lives his shopping excursions on Saturdays for the Slow Cooker Sundays. Right. It's it's amazing. He has built himself a personal brand to elevate the company to heights that never would have been achieved if he didn't do what he was doing. Right. People are connecting with him. Well, th- yeah, and think about this, for instance. Take, take General Electric and Jack Welsh, for instance, um, and then take Virgin and Richard Branson. Yes. Yeah. Okay. GE's stock is at an all-time low. I think it's at six bucks yeah. right now. It's it's on the verge. They're selling assets. They're bleeding assets right now. They're selling just to pay bills. They're not on social. There's no face to that. There's no face to General General Electric. Um, Richard Branson, on the other hand, is oh, flourishing, he, and he's a social it. media king. Yeah. Uh, same with with Naveen Jain, for instance. Um, they're uh, Peter Thiel. All these guys um, are basically uh social media stars and their companies are stars because yeah. they are um grant cardone's another one even the controversial donald trump well i mean elections are one i mean i i i saw a famous tweet he said you don't think social media is powerful this was in 2000, late 15, early yeah. 16 he says watch what happens yes <laughs> so there was no other way to reach all the people, the masses of people, other than social media. Yeah. Not everyone watches the same television program to catch the same ad, but they're on Facebook. And, and he, I'm going to tell you, he won the election because of social, social media. media. Exactly. And that's the same with Barack Obama. You know, he he, yeah, had, he, he had the cool factor on social media. Yeah, that was exactly it. That yeah. was his way of reaching everybody. And these yeah. aren't even political statements. This is about branding, imaging, and using social media. Yeah. You know, everyone wonders for many reasons why Hillary Clinton lost. And there's probably many, many reasons for that. Again, not even a political statement. But she went down an old school path yeah. in branding and, and getting her reach out to people and trying to communicate with people. Yeah. Her social media had no consistent messaging. Well, and, and then the report came out that 40% of her followers were fake. She yes. bought engagement so she could keep up. Yeah. Um, you know, Donald Trump had the, the star power from The Apprentice. He had the track record of, 
you know, being the, you know, the, the, the uh, basically survived every bankruptcy to the, to the point where the bank said, no, we're going to let you stay in because without the Trump name, our, our collateral will fall apart. Yeah. So they'd leave him in. Um, but it, it wasn't because he's a bad businessman. That happens in business. There's cycles. There's trends that turn turn on you, and basically, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Um, and so, he's a Twitter pro. Yeah, and and you know, with with uh, with, with Hillary, for instance, um, it was kind of a situation where Barbara Bush said it best: "We don't need another Bush in the White House." <laughs> and Hillary should have heeded that advice. You know, yeah. the, the Clintons had their run, eight years, and then it was time for for a, a new run and and I, I think that um barack obama was was necessary for this country to basically the, the the equal rights um was was basically um you know solidified i mean it it wasn't just a, something people talked about well you know, yeah but i even love when he was in the white house there was a video that he posted when he was in the white house he had this done this was even after he was president he still had people working on his branding. Yeah. You know, and th- there was this amazing phrase that was around, you know, it's like, oh, you know, blame Obama. You know, and it was like, you know, if something bad goes in your life, Obama, you know, everyone would blast that out. But yeah. then he came out with a parody of that on his own because this was picking up steam. Well, that's the stuff that it, goes viral. Yeah, it was hilarious. So, and that's, everyone says, why does Trump write these tweets? Why do you think? Yeah, whether it's positive or negative engagement, it's still and engagement. And why, why do you think most of them rub people the wrong way intentionally because if it was all good people would go find something because people kind of thrive on the negative they thrive on sensationalism so this is purposeful and this is this is i hate to say it it's smart it's just smart (laughs) it is it is i think that obama video came out close to the end of his second term so it was almost it was brilliant positioning i think because he was about to move out of the the phase of his life where he was the the, mo- the leader of the free world and move on to whatever else he's doing, you know, before he spent, you know, at, well, after he spent, you know, a week or two or a month or whatever it was on Necker Island with Richard Branson, who yeah. we were just talking about. Yeah. But yeah, he he was branding himself and started to rebrand himself before he even left office because he could see the future and that he needed to position himself, not president of the United States, right? Barack Obama. Well, and again, when they leave office, obviously social media it helped him because yeah. he was still he moved right into the the post president yeah fortunes yep you got it and social media kept that alive for him and and to this day is very strong it was so, brilliant i commend yeah. his branding agency yeah so te- <laughs> so technology um is is the name of the game and if you if you're if you're not involved you'll be left behind it's just it's just yeah. a fact and i'm sorry to say that so everybody out there um whatever you do in life uh, your personal brand's important. If, if, if you don't create a story for yourself, someone else will, and you might not like it. So get out there, make it happen. Um, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't play with this because social media is not going anywhere. It's going to get stronger pretty soon. It'd be a hundred percent of everything. You got it. And there's the one thing for today to take away from this is if you're not involved, you'll get left behind. You'll get left behind. And again, it's, it's, it's your, it's your greatest opportunity don't blow it. You got it. Well, thanks for being on the show. I really oh, man, I loved it. Great conversation. Let's do it again. Yeah, for sure. Can you tell our audience where to find you, to follow you? 
Yeah, check out my social channels at, at Adam Bushbacher. That's B-U-S-C-H-B-A-C-H-E-R. Um, uh, you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, that's where, that's where it's all happening. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.